Welcome to the Impact Wellness Podcast, a place to be for ambitious and driven women who dare to fail to raise again. It brings you brilliant minds with the knowledge and passion for helping you discover your feminine inner success code that has the potential to reset and redefine your physical, mental and emotional health and well-being. Our conversations are profound, transformational and purposeful. Listen to our next episode. Melissa Mello is a world leader in mental health and wellness. She's a CEO at Hey You Human and a mother of three, a person with a story of her own mental health recovery. She works with individuals and organizations. One thing I like about what Melissa did say, we are being taught how to cope and manage symptoms under the illusion of healing. We are slowly going insane. I would like to welcome Melissa uh, to, to today's podcast and uh, I just want to give her a time and chance to shine. So I'm not going to talk about her, but she can talk about herself, right? So welcome, Melissa. Thank you for joining Impact Wellness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to, to have this conversation with you. Yes, it's going to be powerful because we are debunking myths about uh, mental health. And um, I love to talk with you because you so much about mental health, but mm-hmm. the body and uh, physical and spiritual or soul part of us, uh, we're not going to separate this. We're going to actually blend everything in. Yes. So Melissa, how did you get into mental uh, wellness and mental health? What is your story? My story. So I kind of fell into um, mental health and human wellness, to be honest with you. Before I was a part of Hey You Human, so I'm the CEO for Hey You Human. Uh, Hey You Human is a mental health and human wellness organization. Before I joined Hey You Human, I was like many women, many, I mean, many humans, but women in particular who are just doing it all. We're doing it all. Um, most, most of us are mothers. Many of us have, you know, massive career ambitions. We have so much to offer the world and we want to do it all. And we don't want to have to sacrifice our desires. We don't want to have to sacrifice any of our wants, be it personal health, professional relationships, family, you name it. We just want, we want it all and we deserve to have it all. And I never really thought at that point in time of my mental health as being impacted. I just thought that my being in overdrive was just a part of life. That's just what it meant to be a working mother. That's just what it meant to have ambitions, to be a high achiever. That's just what it meant is, is this is just the sacrifice that you, that you pay um, is the human sacrifice. And at that point in time, I never thought of mental health as like truly the health of your mind, body, and soul. I thought of mental health as what we know of mental health today as PTSD, of anxiety, of overwhelm, of depression, of medication. When I joined Hey You Human, um, my eyes were completely opened up to how much 
I had been settling in my life. And more importantly, how much I've been ignoring my body and how much I've been ignoring. We'll talk about this later. The warning signs on the dashboard, like the, ah, (laughs) we need help. I I'd ignore them for so long because as women in particular, but most, most people, but women in particular are used to doing things on their own. They don't want to ask for help. They, they, I can prove myself. I got it. We're, we're just not good at it. And that's how we were conditioned, which again, we'll talk about later, but I'd become so good at ignoring my body. And once I started hearing what my body was telling, was saying to me, when I, you know, in my aches and pains in my throat in like sweating and exhaustion, um, I really realized that our understanding of mental health is deeply, deeply flawed. And we aren't paying, we're paying attention to it after the explosion. We're not paying attention to the leading indicators. Beautiful. And that's why I said this, uh, we cannot just separate mental health from physical health, because at the end of the day, we embody what is going on in our life, our emotional uh, health, and everything comes out. And then if we're not going to talk about this, and how we physically we are strong, resilient, and how we feel in uh, our body, then I believe we cannot really optimize our mental health. And then mm-hmm. we cannot really optimize our spiritual or uh, purpose or other type of health, right? Uh, time mm-hmm. with family, our business. So everything has to come uh, together. And as I mentioned, what I have been observing, we just, again, going into now mental health and everyone is on the mental health and we're forgetting about physical health. Um, yeah. It's like I uh, hear sometimes and that weight loss is just an emotional issue. I don't believe this. Because well, we know that gut and brain are connected, so we have to work it again um, from trigger perspective uh, whole, not just... It's never uh, a singular, it's never a singular issue. Um, I often equate it like a car. Like if you were to only, only, or a or vehicle or an asset of any sort, when I coach in companies, I talk about employees that are an asset and how to look at your employees with the same due diligence that you look at a piece of equipment or infrastructure, you have your cap, you have your acquisition costs, but then you have all the maintenance costs that go into it. The internal, the, the external, the, the oil changes, the transmission flushes, the replacing of parts, all internal as well as keeping your vehicle clean, putting it in a garage, making sure it's really healthy and protected and, and really safe. And I, when I coach um, in companies, I really try and encourage employers to truly look at employees the same way. Don't just look at the external, what their output is, but we need to start looking inside. And it's an, it's a, it's not just as simple as it's one thing, because if all you do in your piece of equipment is, you know, replace the windshield wiper fluid and get a regular oil change that helps, but that's not going to keep that equipment running, optimized, uh, longevity, reliable. It's, it's not going to have the same impact if you don't look at that, the whole machine. And so our humans are, are the exact same way. We're not just go and run more, eat healthy food. We need to look at the entire human, the whole human, the whole vessel, Um, and see how one thing relates to the other and how sometimes actually more often than than not, when you're, when you're 
dealing and addressing the emotional side, there is a very profound ripple effect on how that impacts the health of, of everything else. Because I believe that when it comes to mental health, you know, we, we say mental, we say it's our brain and our brain, we say in Hey You Human all the time, the brain is the command center of the body, but your emotions are the puppet master. The emotions are the ones that are actually telling the brain do this, feel this. Your brain is just sending off the signals. It's your emotions that are going to tell your brain, I'm safe. I'm not safe. I'm overwhelmed. And then your brain is going to send the signals to your body to start paying attention. We just are not good at paying attention. I don't think we are good because no one ever told us to pay attention to our present moment. And I think Um, when children, and that is the best present moment we can observe, right? Same driving a car. For me, always present moment was when I used to play professional sports, right? You go for 60 minutes. You don't care what's happened uh, 60 seconds after, uh, before, because you have to think about the situation that is just coming in front of you. Uh, But our brain is very, uh, very uh, tricky playing tricks with us and loves to go always uh, into the past, right? Uh, So And children are, if you ever watch children, especially when you, I mean, when you do the work that we do, you can watch children without being completely frustrated and annoyed with them. But if you watch how children, when they start learning emotional intelligence, when they start learning their emotions, children are a beautiful example of how humans are supposed to be. You know, they're upset about something and they're just flailing all over the place. They're like absolutely out of control. And what do us adults do? We come swooping in and we say, stop it enough. That is unacceptable. Go to your room. And what do we learn as children? When it comes to our emotions, there's good emotions. There's bad emotions. There's things, there's emotions that I can have that are going to get me in trouble. We don't actually learn how to feel our emotions at a very young age. We learn how to repress our emotions. And then as adults that are dealing with big issues like wars, (laughs) like pandemics, like school shootings, our body literally does not know how to deal with the emotions. We just don't know. Big stuff all the way down to little things like getting your kids out the door and you had to ask them 10 times to get their shoes on and you turn into monster mommy and you're sweating and you have like your heart is in your throat and you're like, for the love of God, like every day, every day, it's the same thing, you guys. Why, why, why? You know, and you're just angry. That is our emotions that we do not know how to express. And so I, I talk about the human, like a vessel, it's this vessel that has all of this pressure bubbling inside. And then you snap and our brain is like, Whoa, like warning, 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 operate system overload, time to shut down, going into maintenance mode, thus anxiety, thus overwhelm, thus mental breakdowns, because our body literally cannot handle it. We've spent years just repressing our emotions And as adults, it's very foreign to us to really express emotions. I feel society is getting better at acknowledging crying or sensitivity, but that's not enough. We need to learn how to get to the core emotion to heal it. Otherwise we spiral. Otherwise we're just like the hot mess of a human that's like down the street that you're like, good God, this woman cannot get her shit together. Part of my French. It's not enough to just 
cry, we need to get to the core emotion, which typically stems from childhood and release it so that we are truly emotionally free and we're not caught in this emotional trap. But you completely uh, are right in regards to uh, children. And I have been observing this on my uh, own daughter. And that is just a perfect example um, how she is learning self-regulate. But because I know this and I'm very aware, I just allowed her. Because I know that it's better for her self-regulate and express any type of emotions and we usually think negatively about negative emotion is a bad emotion as you say yes uh, which there's is no emotion. such thing there's no such right. thing is that emotion and as joy and happiness but I can see the um, the generations of my parents um, right. how they are sitting like oh she's crying she's like angry she's unlike the same like my husband I'm saying that's okay it's mm -hmm. I think because I'm comfortable with this self-regulation, yes. there is no problem for me to uh, absorb this and be coming with self-compassion, sorry, with compassion towards her. But the mm -hmm. problem, they are not able to do that because for them it's just a naughty child, right? So right. it's very right. interesting. And I think the break um, has to happen at, uh, happen at the root and um, helping parents understand how do they have to parent uh, in a conscious way their children is going to help us to change the, the, those genera generational uh, problem because I think that comes from generational history. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's what we know. And I don't, you know, know better, do better, right? We know better now. I think a lot of times when it comes to our healing, um, we don't know how to heal without placing blame on the people that raised us. And for some of us, it's very easy. Some of us had rougher childhoods than others. We can very easily point blame at a specific incident or a series of incidents. But for many of us, the heart, to be honest, the hardest population of people to heal are people that had relatively good upbringings. I remember when I started doing this work, I was like, I have nothing to complain about. My parents were married. I have a good, I had a good childhood. I never wanted for anything. Uh, you know, we did family vacations. My family is very connected. I didn't have anything bad happen to me. You know, they got mad when I snuck out, but I didn't have anything bad happen to me. But then as I learned the rapid relief technique, as I learned more about root cause emotional intelligence, I realized that even though my parents didn't intentionally hurt me, I had a ton of hurt um, living inside of me. That was that puppet master telling my brain how to perform and telling my brain what to do. And so what's really hard about this is that this is subconsciously going on. Our society is very good at understanding, cognitively understanding our emotions, right? Like, oh, the kid was mean to you on the playground. You're upset. I understand. Your toy got broken. You're upset. I understand. Get your emotions out. What we are not very good at and what hey you human is really on a mission to change is that emotions are not logical right now we understand the cognitive portion of the emotion we understand where it's originating from we can acknowledge it we can accept it but we don't quite yet know how to actually express it and heal it and sometimes people just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and are angry or are frustrated or are tired. 
And we don't need a reason to feel that way when people wake up and they're, and they're like a Cialis commercial, like, like skipping through the, through the grass. We're like, Oh wow. What an amazing human. They just naturally woke up that way. Like, ah, that person is everything. But when people are upset, we're like, good God, what is wrong with you? Take it somewhere else. I don't want you like, don't put that on me, right? We don't have the same reaction. Emotions are not logical. Emotions are run completely beneath the surface. I call it like an iceberg. There's the stuff that we see. And then there's the other 90% that's bubbling beneath the surface. And we need to get better at becoming investigators in our body and really try and understand without judgment, because that's a very difficult thing to do where that emotion comes from. I have a story of, um, of when I was a child, when I, I, I maybe 12 or 13, I'm not sure. Um, or let me backtrack in my work. I was really working on just being really supported by my staff, by my family. I was having a hard time. Like I think any business owner does letting go, letting go of tasks, um, empowering and trusting your team. Empowering is one thing. Trusting is another, and just not being disappointed with the outcome, um, of how people performed. And I kept having this like emotion. I actually call it a visceral response in your body. I don't like calling them emotions because emotions are, you know, typically seen in a negative light. I call it more of a visceral response. Like your body is reacting a certain way to something. And I was just feeling like the, the heaviness, I would say of like staff, the heaviness of staff. And it just kept coming up. And I, I will talk a little bit more about the rapid relief technique, but I was using the rapid relief technique to really get, try and get to the core of like, why is this so frustrating? And, you know, it came up like, no one knows what they're doing. No one, you know, I, I do everything better myself. You know, all of the things that we tend to believe as high performing women, and then this memory popped into my head of when I was young and my, I had two sisters, my parents, I swear my mom just went back to work. She was at home with us for 13 years, just went back to work. They were running my sisters to activities. I got home early and they were like, can you start dinner? I'm that they're not asking me anything horrible. Like it was a very simple request. Can you start dinner? And I was like, yep. So I started dinner and I was at home alone. And I just remember in this moment feeling this actually still makes me emotional, feeling alone, just feeling so lonely and feeling the heaviness of my family on my shoulders. And logically, I had literally no reason to feel like that. Like my parents were going to be home in 15, 20 minutes but that was a core memory that was imprinted on me. And thus began this feeling of I'm by myself. I cannot rely on everything on anyone. Everything is on my shoulders. And it's interesting when I can heal that root emotion. And it's not like my parents were negligent. Like they were asking me something very simple, but my human had an experience. My human body learned something in that moment about how I survive and what my role is, whether or not it is right or wrong. My role was that the, I needed to take care of the family. I'm a hundred percent on my own. The weight of the like happiness is on my shoulders. But then you look at the adult Melissa in her work, in her relationship, that is still 
nobody helps me. I have to do everything by myself. And you can quickly start to see the correlation between this relatively or seemingly insignificant moment in my life and how it has had this ripple effect in my work, in how I parent, in my friendships, in my relationships, in the respect that I have in my family, because I carried this weight completely unconsciously. Once I was able to heal that moment, I'm not going to say I'm perfect because I'm far from it, but it's amazing how organically I was able to allow people to support me, how much weight had been lifted off of my shoulders, how much perfectionism was dropped from my human simply because I didn't have that weight on my heart anymore. And I didn't, if it wasn't for the work that we do, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. And I don't blame my, my parents for this. This is a completely individual experience that I had. They were, they did nothing wrong, but my human learned something in that moment. And it carried with me for, you know, 20 years controlling being the puppet master of how I relate in every aspect of my life. It's a beautiful story. And again, it's just confirming, Melissa, that it is important to work on yourself. And uh, if we are aware of those triggers, uh, there is only way forward with it. And you have to work on yourself because they're going to come back. And I think people may believe in a, a lack of awareness or women. Let's talk about the women. Then they're getting the awareness, but then they need to realize they need to put work. I will repeat myself. You cannot just uh, hoping that there is a way out. And I am so happy that you mentioned also those type, type A personalities, perfectionist, the driven women, because that is where I am coming from. And uh, uh, it is also a long, long journey, right? Uh, being an athlete, always you're perfect. You, until you don't master a shot, you are, uh, you kind of, you're never good enough. But the thing is, uh, what comes from my um, now um, analysis of uh, peak performance is that as an athlete, you are actually trying to show up because you, your show up is your training. And then you have a big event. When then I moved myself to this entrepreneurial journey or self-employed journey, right? You, I'm just waiting for this show up to come. Right. It's never coming because then I'm this perfect self all the time. So yes, shifting this is not easy and takes time and it's a long journey. Uh, but I always believe that it's taking you a bit forward towards, you know, living happier life, living with more joy, with more freedom, uh, with, uh, with more opportunities. There is always a bit, uh, a bit better. And I really want that we live in a little bit better. It's not to live a perfect, but to be a little bit better. And who does not want a bit of better, right? More better relationships. And so, so there's lots of valid uh, points. Um, I, I wanted to ask how you feel those highly performing women have to as a leaders what do they supposed to do when like few tips here when they have this type of situation that you encounter mm, and they finding this frustration come and then we are saying employee is the most important when i think the 
brain and this is the leader if they not shift they don't change then still negative feedback goes down the line to brain to different hormones right i'm just doing little analogy here what do they think they should do they catching themselves in this situation like few tips how they should approach this let's talk female leaders yes okay so women in leadership and i love talking about this for women in leadership in particular because women are very naturally intuitive women are many of us have had it conditioned out of us but women have their spidey senses women know women feel things um that they can't necessarily logically explain some of us need to just remove our conditioning need to you know remove all of that masculine energy to actually tune into it but it but it is there um for women who are wanting to lead a different way both with their staff and with themselves it has to start with themselves i talk a lot about leadership um, there's two things that i think are immensely important when it comes to leading leadership um one is understanding root cause emotional intelligence this is what we teach inside of hey you human we use the rapid relief technique which is our proprietary technique to really get to the root of the emotion but we need to start shifting our interactions with humans with our employees away from their performance and just the external and getting to the root because when you can really see somebody like really see them really understand their emotions when you can understand it's not the fact that they missed a deadline it's not the fact that they don't like their coworker when you can see past all of that that is the straw that is the straw that broke the camel's back as a leader if you can cut through all of that crap and see the human oh my goodness you can activate and empower and connect on such a deep level you have loyalty like you've never had before you have safety good god we live in a world right now where jobs are being destroyed left right and center our physical safety is being control is is being destroyed we don't have safety we do not have uh a home base like we do but we don't if you as a leader can understand root cause emotional intelligence and understand who they are at the core and not only understand that but have the tools to help them heal it in a way that doesn't involve you i mean who doesn't want that all all humans want is to be seen understood and valued that's what we deeply desire at our core and if as a leader you can provide that in the workplace your workplace is next level i see so many employers trying to do what they can when it comes to mental health we're taking you know i see now more and more remote companies have mental health weeks so now you just have like a week away from work and i'm like okay that's a paid vacation but also what happens when they come back <laughs> like I call that the equivalent of, or, you know, that they're doing talk therapy or they're doing um, more paid time off, or they're trying to make the workplace more fun. And, you know, they're trying to remove all the stressors. And I, uh, I equate that to like having a leaky pipe and just turning off the faucet. Like, okay, great. But did we fix the issue? 
No, like as long as we don't turn the tap on, the we're not going to have a flood. Like, okay, that might that might stop the problem for a little bit, but like, we what if we need to use that tap again? Like, what do we do here? You've got to go to the root. You've got to go to the source. So I really encourage um, leaders to understand root cause emotional intelligence. And the other thing that is insanely powerful as a leader is what we call true radical responsibility which is really understanding that, first of all, it's not the employer's job to heal another person. It is not your plate, your workplace's responsibility to heal and fix another person. It's like being the enabler of an addict. It is not your responsibility. All we can do is give people the tools to help themselves. Understanding radical responsibility means to understand that mental health, business, triggers, emotions, all of the things is a very singular experience. And what we're doing right now in work and actually in life is we give our power away. We say, if this employee performs better, my life will be easier at work. If my husband, um, I don't know, did the dishes more, I would be more relaxed. If my kids listened the first time, I wouldn't have to yell. If my mom didn't criticize me so much, I would actually want to spend more time with her. We are giving away so much of our power so that everybody needs to perform a certain way so that I can be happy and so that I can feel good about myself. And if I'm thinking like that, so is everybody else. And then when somebody doesn't perform the way we need them to, to feel good, That, you know, there, there's a breakdown. And so to understand true radical responsibility is to understand how your emotions, how your triggers, how your visceral responses, how everything is actually coming from you, healing those emotions, healing the reasons why you feel this way. And it is actually like magic when you can remove those expectations on other people, you're just like Zen. You can just see people. You just see, you're not mad at who they are or who they're not. That's just them. I'm like, cool. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be for me, but I see you. I respect you. I understand you. Then you can really lead your business without the emotion, but through completely objective eyes. And when there are emotions, we know how to deal with them and we can just see them so much clearer as opposed to this employee is a disappointment. I'm going to fire them. I've asked them to do this three times. That is disappointment. That is wounding. That's leading your business. When you can heal, you can really see the person. You can see what their strengths are, their weaknesses are. You can see how you can support them. And you can see very clearly if it's not a right fit and you can handle it diplomatically and you can handle it with this energy of confidence that just actually feels really good. And it doesn't have to be ugly and it doesn't have to be something that you're dreading and you don't have to be cutthroat and you don't have to be a battle axe. You don't have to be all the things that women think they need to be in order to be successful in business. Cause that's how, how men typically operate. Typically, I'm not going to say always, but, but typically. Thank you so much, Melissa, uh, for sharing so many uh, insights. And uh, I just want to move on a little bit um, into explanation of the definition. What is mental health? What do I think mental health is? 
<laughs> or what does the world think I mental think, health is? I think, I think I'm interested in both because I have sense uh, from what you are sharing that you've got this clinical observational vision for what mental health is. And I am clinician. Mm-hmm. I love science. And I always look and I uh, address and I'm learning from uh, people who uh, translate science and research into then my work. But then from my observation, not, that's not always much what is happening in clinical practice. There is lots of things that are coming and aligning, but uh, I think the research are missing sometimes this human part mm-hmm. that you was talking uh, about because we know that most of research is done on healthy male, right? And now we are talking about maybe burnout female re- leader, and there is no research on her done and how she has to deal with her PMS, with her pregnancy, with her pregnancy, with her menopause, with her perimenopause, right? With her monthly changes, and now she has to deal with a, a team of uh, people, and she's uh, unwell about herself. So. Um, So yeah, what would be here? What would you answer here? So mental health, um, I would say in the traditional sense, is truly the health of of our sanity, of our brain, um, of our mind. And when we look at the health of our mind, we, we think of how easily we can cope with stress, how easily we can cope with emotions. And I use the the word cope very um, specifically, how easily we can cope with the life that's around us and how our body and our nervous system can respond to that stimulus with ease or without ease, with some form of medical intervention. My belief of mental health is a little bit different though. My belief of mental health um, actually takes a step back and looks at the emotions that are causing our brain to warn us that there is a problem. My belief of mental health is, mu- is much deeper. When we look at what we know of mental health today, we have a stigma around what qualifies as a mental health issue or a mental health crisis. Um, we see the PTSDs, we see depression, we see anxiety, we see burnout, we see personality disorders, we see, you know, very extreme cases. But to me, positive mental health isn't about the brain, it's positive emotional health, and it's positive emotional intelligence that is so much deeper than just understanding our emotions. It's not about understanding that I'm sad or I'm angry or I'm frustrated and you know, the it's okay not to be okay. It's much deeper than that. It's about learning how to heal, how to feel our emotions as adults. We do not feel our emotions. We just, we simply do not. We take our deep breaths and we just push it down. We ignore it. You know, it's not until it's really intense that we need to address our emotions. And then what do we do? We call out, we protest, or depending on the type of personality you are, you shut down, you flee, you disconnect. And 
all of those indicators are signs of degrading our mental health. I think that the mental health industry is really missing the mark. When we talk about how to improve our mental health, it's kind of a joke. Like, think about it. You're like, I'm a perfectionist. I cannot turn my brain off and go Google how to like relax. And it's like, go meditate, go have a good sleep, go exercise. You know, if you have high anxiety, do your five, four, three, two, one grounding. And that's great, but that'll get you through a moment that doesn't heal our mental health. That does not eliminate the mental health crisis that we have going on right now. It's just putting a bandaid on it. Our mental health industry is showing us how to cope with things that we don't like in our life. It's showing us how to treat our symptoms and telling us that this is going to solve our mental health issue. No, it's not. We need to get to the root cause. We are treating symptoms. And I, it's like the definition of insanity, right? Do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. All that you're doing is doing all the things that the mental health industry is telling us to do and expecting us to feel better, but the trigger keeps coming up, the anxiety keeps coming up, the burnout keeps coming up, the frustration, the anger, the judgment, the sadness, the fear, all of those things keep coming up because we're not addressing the issue. We're just kind of dancing around it. And it's, it's time that we take this mental health movement back a few stages and back a few stages. I don't mean like back in history. I mean, we need to get to the root, which is the emotional component and healing it at its core. And this is why I love the rapid relief technique, because it's one of the only techniques that gets that it's like the, I call it like a plunger of the pipes. It literally is plunging all of our emotions out of our body and and releasing them and healing them. So many other modalities out, out there will show you how to disconnect, how to disassociate, how to numb and how to cope with it and how to logically understand it. The rapid relief technique is so different because it gets to that root. And when you can, you know, when you have a weed, when you can get the, when you just like trim the top, the weed keeps coming back. But if you can get to the root, it's gone. The weeds don't like migrate throughout your lawn. Um, And that's where the rapid relief technique is really amazing because it gets to the root and it it extinguishes it at its core. So you're not constantly in reaction mode at work, at home, with your family, with your friends, with your parents, with your in-laws, that core emotion is gone and it just frees up a whole radius of former issues. Uh, you know, Melissa, I, I have one idea because I think this is a so d- deep conversation and we have still lots to cover. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Uh, what I feel, let's um, uh, talk about this technique Let's explain it, what it is, because um, there is a reason you're constantly coming back to it. So we give some yes. rapid solution, <laughs> right, for anyone. I think we talk lots about emotion and that is the, and this redefinition of mental health. And when I'm hearing you, it's, uh, you're the same like me in, uh, in fitness industry. Mm. It is like, a, uh, you know, the diet calories counting, all of this is not going to solve. 
now let's uh, make up the bosu and trx and now let's stand uh, and do the uh, swiss ball bench presses uh, for the core exercise and it's going to get rid of your belly but because there are money behind right this is this is everything is a question do they really want to solve our problem they probably won't but they know that human uh, psychology is um, we want quick solutions mm -hmm. and if we now have to say now you have to go through process it is not going to be one month two months three months or one year you have to work on yourself to resolve and heal and transform who would like this <laughs> you know there are fractions of people so and a fraction of women let's say in fitness industry who would uh, buy the products if i say my weight loss program is lasting two years <laughs> you know? right right you know like, it's the same right. it's the same in your case right in, yes. in, in situation of mental health right so well, I, I talk about it like it's like a life skill it really is it's a life skill that we haven't developed yet i equate it to like learning the alphabet when you're a kid and your parents are like, you know, you do all the flashcards and you're singing the songs, you learn the alphabet because it gives you a foundation to read, to write, to learn, to communicate, to research, to experience the world. If you have those building blocks, you boop, put them together and you have endless opportunities. Really understanding our emotions is a life skill that unfortunately many of us have to learn as an adult. And like anything, learning how to do something as an adult is so much harder to do than a kid. Like, think of trying to learn, like, if I were to try and learn how to play hockey right now, what a joke I would be. What a joke. I would be, I would really, I, I would really have to want to learn how to play hockey to, like, learn and then to, like, be somewhat good at it. But the kids that learn it when they're, you know, when they're on the ice, when they're four and they learn how to skate and they're just like these little wizards. Wow. Wow. Like they're better at this than I am. And so as adults, it does take a second because we're rooted in what we know. But I often say, and this is the same with, with weight loss or, or, or anything, you can try and scab it together six month solutions at a time four week solutions at a time. But that doesn't mean that your journey is less than two years. It just means you're frustrated and spinning your wheels for a very long time. And I talk to a lot of people who this is kind of terrifying for them. Ah, my emotions. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to do that. You're living with them, whether you want to or not, they're controlling you, whether you want to deal with them or not. You can ignore it all you want. They're still there. So quite frankly, <laughs> the longer you want to ignore it, the harder it is for you to have the freedom, the emotional freedom, the mental heat freedom that you desire. Um, they're there. Period. You can just choose to release them. Yes, yes. Beautiful. So let's talk about this um, release technique and mm -hmm. how people can use it. And yes. uh, at this uh, stage, I will uh, invite you for a uh, part two, <laughs> Melissa. Sure, if sure. You only one. We have prepared lots for you guys. And I think we will uh, miss an opportunity to grow and develop together if, mm -hmm. we, uh, if we waste this content that is actually sitting on our 
uh, doc document. <laughs> I know we're on we're on like question three, I think. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and conversation is meaningful. Conversation is powerful, and I think conversation is needed. So um, if only you wish, we set another session. And now We'd let's go, um, Melissa, into the technique. What yes, is that all about? So the rapid relief technique, RRT. The rapid relief technique is essentially the mechanism to help us, to help humans take a visceral response. I did not say trigger, take a visceral response and turn it into a healing moment. The rapid relief technique, I call it like the plunger in our sewer system. I love my analogies. When I think of emotions, I think of like, that's our, our, our shit, right? This is our shit. This is our shit that we carry. And you can let it bottle up in the toilet as much as you want. And then at some point you're like, oh, I want to get rid of this. And you flush the toilet and it's gone. Maybe. Sometimes we have big clogs in our system that cause a bit of an overflow. The rapid relief technique is like the plunger that literally clears the pipes and wipes out all of these limiting beliefs all of these clogged emotions so that it's your energy, your emotions, everything is just flowing freely throughout your body. What it does essentially is your, your body has meridians in it. This is science. Your body has meridians in which in it, 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 it's essentially how energy and information travels through our body. It's like our information highway and it's not uncommon for those of us who have repressed emotions, which is all of us, it's not uncommon for us to have traffic jams on that information highway. And that's what event, that's what causes a backlog in our emotions, in our outbursts, in our frustrations. That's like the warning lights, the, the ambulance lights being like, whoa, 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 we've got an accident over here. Use another route. The rapid relief technique uses specific points on the meridians to clear the emotion while also releasing the emotion physically. So how we use it, if, if anyone is, is familiar with EFT, it uses the same tapping points. It uses the same tapping points on, on our body. So that was adapted from EFT, but EFT is meant to neutralize an emotion to bring us back to neutral. If we're enraged, we use EFT to neutralize RRT is the exact opposite in its theory in that we want to get it out. We want to literally purge our emotions while clearing the, uh, using the tapping points to clear our information highway to get rid of all of that backlog. So essentially, and if people want to learn it, we actually, we have a free resource. If people want to learn the rapid relief technique for free, that is available to them. We, we often say that this, like, this is for the world. This is not meant only for the, the few people who have disposable income that can, can learn it. You can learn it for free. Um, so I'm not going to take up too much time talking about it, but it's essentially getting your emotions out while you're tapping. So if we go back to my example from earlier of the little girl who just felt really, really alone, I did my tapping and I was tapping and just saying and like feeling and releasing all of the emotions that came up in the 12 year old version of myself. And this is practice. This is like when you work out, when you go to the gym for the first time and you're like, oh, okay, where are the dumbbells? 
And then you're like, okay, I, I know my routine. Okay. And then you go and do it. And you're like, is this even doing anything? Like, and your, your trainer is like, no, you got it. Just get used to it. And then maybe a few weeks in, you're like, I, like, Ooh, I'm burning. I feel good. I can feel my body transforming. This is a new technique. So for some people, even just doing the tapping is that's enough. Like that's enough to start. The goal is to actually start releasing those core emotions. So when I started tapping and I was really feeling into the loneliness and the sadness and just like breaking down the barriers to while I was tapping to cry and to just say all the things that I wanted to say, why am I so alone? Why doesn't anybody help me? I'm always alone. I'm always alone. I'm like tapping. I'm always alone. I'm always alone. Everything is my responsibility and letting the emotions come out. Once you get better at it, you have an emotional release. Sometimes it's crying. Sometimes it's feeling just like lightness come out of your body. It's really quite amazing. You can literally feel like the pipes are clean. You can literally feel like energy flowing through your body in a different way. And then we teach people how to overlay the new belief. So it's as simple as being, I am surrounded by support. I am so, I have so much support. It's disgusting. Like I am so supported, so taken care of. People just know what I need before I even need to ask them. It's overlaying this new belief system in our body because for 20 years, for me anyways, I had a core belief that I was on my own. I could only rely on myself. I would not reveal myself to anybody else because I would just be disappointed. I would not open myself up to anybody out of fear of rejection. I would not trust anybody a hundred percent, like to be a hundred percent authentically me. You know, I was good at pretending, but like, there was still parts of me that was like, well, you're, you're a little weird and people don't want to deal with your too muchness. So scale it back. Um, being able to release that core emotion gave me so much freedom and I could communicate without defending myself, which was huge in business. So huge in business. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I know it. I'm right. <laughs> no one ever listens to me, you know? And so the rapid relief techniques just literally gives you the tools and the resources to access that core emotion and to feel it and release it inside of our core program called the foundation. That's how we teach people how to use the rapid relief technique in their life and get out of a reaction mode and start healing proactively. So for people who maybe go and learn RRT themselves, you can use the technique and you'll be responding to triggers or to those visceral responses. You'll be responding to an emotion. The foundation teaches you how to do it proactively. So you don't need to wait for your husband to fail you to release an emotion. You actually start, it's a very systematic process to take you through all of the emotions, fear, judgment, body, money, um, anger, sexual healing, um, all the different parts of who we are. And we proactively heal them so that you're not basically healing while other people are disappointing you. <laughs> it happens sometimes in the beginning, but it teaches you how to do it so that you're not waiting for people to trigger you 
to then go and run to your car. And I should say, this is all private. Someone was like, said to me, oh my God, I say these things to my mother-in-law. And I'm like, no, 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 this is a totally private experience. Sorry, I didn't say that. Um, You're not waiting for it to be triggered and then go and run into your closet or into your car or into your bathroom or into your shower to to start tapping and using the technique. You actually can, it it evokes emotions proactively so that you can heal them. and move out of that reaction mode. And it takes you full through the full 360 degrees of the human experience, not just one singular instance at a time, which can feel very long and draining. Mm. There are a few words that you've used that I really love about this technique. Um, And you answered the question you clear because I knew about um, emotional freedom technique. So you nicely explained that because that would be one of my question. What is the difference? Um, but you used words uh, proactive, which I really like. And that is the way we think also in HPM wellness, right? It's taking action. Uh, so you then don't need to work harder to be in that uh, healthy longevity mode. Uh, but also what I sense from this technique that um, combine both healing and, healing and transformation, because you just uh, you don't just remove uh, the the emotion and the impact of mm-hmm. the emotion on the body, but you actually replacing replacing with a positive uh, positive not not positive like uh, with new belief. Oh, not positive. Yeah. Right. You see, I'm just saying positive, button uh, button and good and positive. Right. So you're replacing this. Uh, that's it's very important because that's what I always explain to my female uh, customers. You know, now you're living in awareness, but now you have to practice. Because you have to create new neural pathways, otherwise the body brain-like safety comes back to the places where even you feel exactly, exactly, and the brain does not know if you are feeling bad or good about that particular situation. Right? It's just the feeling and emotions stay, and I think there is something around uh, trauma uh, here as well. Uh, But it's positive, and what also makes me uh, think um, how it's important to recognize your physical. Um, manifestations and what your body embody because you at the end tapping on the physical part yeah. uh, of so that you know what everything what Walisa is saying and sharing uh, has science you know what I mean it's not with, uh, with yeah this is not wow you know this is I mean? not woo woo no no well, in part two in part two of our interview I will talk about how we came across this because it actually started in the spirituality world. I'll talk about the origin story of the rapid relief technique. And I'll also talk about, we brought up manifestation and the physical manifestation. Um, I want to talk about, you know, we're anchoring into new belief systems, but right now that is our coping mechanism right now. People are doing the ignore it. Don't let it bother you. The power of positive thinking, just be grateful. And we're overlaying that over our junk and we, we talk about it like renovating a house, right? If you have a house that's like rotten at the studs, putting up a new coat of paint, putting up some new wallpaper, it's going to look pretty, but it's still like rotten on the inside. And so the rapid relief technique gets you right to the core. It takes you down to the studs and rebuild. That's why we call the foundation the foundation. It gives you a very strong foundation so that when you're doing different manifestations, when you're overlaying new belief systems, you're not overlaying it over top of junk. You're overlaying it on a clean slate that your body can actually absorb as opposed to just 
take a deep breath, take a deep breath. I'm grateful for what I have. I am powerful. I am powerful. I am powerful. I can do this. I can do this, right? Like when you're overlaying it on top of junk, it's just not going to stick. So that's really, there's just so much that's missing. And again, because I love to talk, part two can really dive into all of that kind of stuff. Melissa, please tell us uh, where people can and how people can find um, and our audience who is listening everything about this, what you're just sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are a, I have a few different resources. So if yes. you are a female leader or a, le- a leader of any of energy, any of kind, any gender, yes. of mm-hmm. any kind, whether you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, if this is something that you're very intrigued with and you want to learn how to bring this into your workplace, how to embody this, how to, in, how to use this new form of leadership and awareness for yourself as a leader um, and within your company, I would just love for you to reach out to me directly. My email is melissa at heyyouhuman.com. And I'm assuming you'll have these in notes or whatever for the podcast. Um, If you want to learn the full technique for free, if you head over to heyyouhuman.com, there is a rapid relief technique section where you can um, get the resources that you, uh, that you need to learn the relief uh, rapid relief technique for free. If you loved what I had to say about the foundation and just healing proactively and learning this new life skill, I'd love to have you join the foundation. It is a membership. It's $97 a month. It's extremely affordable, or you can purchase for the year and get a bit of a discount. All of that information can also be found at heyyouhuman.com. And if you're just, you know, hearing what we're saying and you're curious and you just don't, you're like, okay, I need to know more. I don't necessarily know if I want to sign up for anything. We also have a free uh, social community. uh, So you can head to app dot heyyouhuman.com and we have a full it's like our our own universe that we're creating there's just a, a whole group of people there's the free membership the paid membership all a whole bunch of free resources everything that you need is in there we have live events uh free events paid events like the works where you can come and just hang out and learn a little bit more about this new life skill and this new way of thinking and then hopefully want to join the foundation and help us change the world one mentally and emotionally informed person at a time. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, yes, we once we finish this, uh, we're going to schedule another um, another interview because it's, uh, it's very impactful, it's needed. And I love the new way of thinking. And we are here a little bit thought leaders, even if we taking some message from someone, we still bring in a new and innovative way of uh, supporting female in business and female entrepreneurs, a performance or any type of um, female that's really, I want, I feel wants to change the world, you know, so we want to give you uh, some uh, great tools to be able to go through uh, with all of those challenges and resilience. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. And I hope the transformation in you just started. Remember, be the change you want to see in others. All starts within you.